one of the, the few consistent things that every human being on this planet has is that they go to bed. Normally when it goes dark and when it goes light, they wake up. That's the one thing we all do. And some people are good at it. Some people are not. Oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody, here we are again. We got almost a full house this time. It's me, it's Sam, and it's another Hello. wonderful, wonderful dad from the UK. We've got Andrew Bradley, and he is a productivity coach and founder of the Sleep.Pro uh, website and program. How's it going, man? Yes, yeah, good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, no problem. We appreciate you finding the time for us with the you being in, uh, across the pond there. These things can be a little hard to schedule sometimes. So thank you so much for, for squeezing us in. Uh, as far as uh, the podcast, I'm sure you, uh, you've you um, got kind of a, a grasp on uh, from what little we've said so far. There's no big surprises here. We just start out with, uh, like I said, an introduction. So if you could just uh, you know tell the, the folks out there in, in the internet land a little bit about yourself and, uh, and what you got going on. Yeah, so um, obviously uh, my name's Andy. So I'm um, in the UK, uh, based right smack in the middle of the island. So as far away from the ocean as you can possibly get in the UK. So we're right in the very middle. Um, but yeah, a really lovely part of the country and out in the countryside. I'm blessed every day to, to look out the, the window and see the view. Um, so yeah, I live uh, with um, my wife and my, my two kids, two girls, age one was 10 two days ago um, and a, another girl who's uh, four uh, in August so um, about six years in between uh, the two of them and there's a few few little challenges that that brings up but I think it's actually quite a nice gap for them to have in terms of how they interact with each other and play um, and then yeah life is is busy um, like so many people now um, life is really busy and you know I recently made the sort of the permanent transition from having a full-time job into uh, like a real job working for someone and taking a salary to working for myself and my wife as well as is full of entrepreneurial spirit so she runs around business and, and has done um, in different guises for well over about 10 years now which I've always supported her with so we're really busy but also managed to carve out a good balance to life so um, we work really hard a lot of the time but have made life work for us so that we can have good flexibility and have the time we want specifically with the kids as well so you know we've got our entire sort of work set up so that a Wednesday for example when my daughter's off nursery or kindergarten as you guys would call it um she's uh, available for us and we're available for her and we'll we'll spend time with her she'll be going to school in September and then you know we kind of lose loser at that point a lot a little bit so uh, we're making the most of our Wednesdays at the moment and making sure that we use that time but but yeah that's that's life at the minute it's really busy we we've obviously got our own business um I've also worked with people um primarily it always starts out with sleep um and supporting people with that and giving them the tools and the knowledge and the experience that I've got to help them with their sleep health and improve that but then it goes into so many other ways and productivity and goal setting and, and helping people find basically a good balance in life. Um, and as I've touched on there for me, I've spent years working in or decades working in a, a real day job, Monday to Friday and working all sorts of different shifts and never had the right balance in my life. So, you know, was working too much, was seeing too little of the family and, um, and the last four years, especially um, since we had we went through some real challenges in, with with life and some loss and grief and all that, and we worked through that and realised that we wanted to get more out of life. And part a big part of that was finding better balance. So that's what I now help other people achieve as well is to find that right balance for them and start living a life that basically is the one that they want to look back on at the very end of it and be happy that. They made the right decisions at the right time. Cool, cool. Well, starting off with advice already, uh, showing that wisdom for all the listeners. I appreciate that. The, uh, I, I think I mentioned way back when we first connected, the 
idea of, of good, you know, sleep, work, life balance is really important. If you're not sleeping right, if you're not sleeping enough, if you're not sleeping, you know, deeply enough, all everything combined, then everything else is going to suffer. And yeah. it, it seems, you know, obvious, but a lot of us just kind of compensate with caffeine or whatever that we might be using. So the idea that that you're out there helping those people that have admitted that they they can change and that they could improve that's you know that's an awesome service and uh, typically i will uh, take the intro that you gave me and then run away from my host with or my co-host with a whole bunch of questions but i'm trying to be better about that so i'm going to throw it to sam with whatever he might uh, have to uh, to get off his chest first um i, I did uh, i did have some uh your story seems very interesting, Andy, and um, it seems like you've made a, a pretty big transition from the nine to five, you know, we'll, we'll say just the, uh, the the old phrase, the nine to five job or the nine to five lifestyle there um, that a lot of a lot of middle and and just hardworking class people, just your average people, you know, have to do sometimes in excess, you know, they, they work, you know, two jobs, three jobs, or, you know, they're they're putting in a lot of overtime and it's great that they're able to make money and provide even, you know, when the economy is so up and down and things are very, um, they, they just change a lot from day to day. It's hard to predict, you know, what even a, a gallon of milk is going to cost two weeks from now. So with inflation and so many factors like that, it, 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 it starts to build up on, you know, the working man's shoulders or the family's. And um, when you made that decision to change your lifestyle and, you started a new daily routine, for example, what, what, what were some of the new or, or some of the healthy daily routines that, uh, that you do now um, that has shown improvement in your life since? So I think um, just to go back slightly on, on what you were saying there, that at the moment, there's so much uncertainty in the world and it's very easy for people at that point to just hunker down and focus on, what's right in front of them now and you know the key priority for so many people at the moment is earning as much money as they can just to provide for their families day to day it's not about taking uh, extravagant holidays and vacations now and and buying nice cars and nice things necessarily for people at the moment just putting food on the table is is probably the most important thing and I don't know if it's the same in the US but energy prices at the moment have absolutely rocketed in the UK you know and people mm -hmm. are paying you know a bill that might have normally been 200 pounds is now getting on for 800 pounds and it's that's a lot of money to just find it doesn't, it doesn't just appear. wow right. you know, it's, it's, it's crazy at the minute that the, the level of increase in prices of everything um it's just phenomenal so yeah, in many ways, you know, if if you'd said to me, when's the best time, Andy, to make that transition as well and sort of leave the day-to-day the -day job and start working for yourself, the last year is probably the worst time <laughs> in my lifetime to have ever done it. But, you know, there's never a good time for anything, is there? Um, no, but no, yeah, so, there's risks. I mean, there's there's risks in anything that you that you try to... Uh to try to achieve especially if it's going towards your dream or towards a goal that you've that you've decided yeah and you know i, I saw my dad i saw it with my father he he had these he has these big ideas but he, he never really made that change you know he worked really hard he worked a ridiculous amount of hours so i remember as a kid you know, he'd be working 78 hours a week on night shift i didn't see very much of him at all we had a decent relationship and we and that but we didn't really had to spend much time together and you know he passed away a few years ago and it was only at the very very end of his life where he'd actually made that decision to do something different and he didn't leave himself enough time to to do it and to execute it and and to enjoy life as much as he, he could have done so that played a role um it wasn't everything but that played a role in me realizing that I wanted to live differently you know I didn't want to get to the last 10 years of my life and realize that I should have done, I should have made some different decisions. I should have focused more on making memories as opposed to making money as spending time with the kids as a spend, as opposed to just spending money on the kids. Yeah. You know, Cause there's different, they're totally different outputs and you know, you, nobody, um, 
looked back at the end of their life and pats themselves on the back for how much money they spent, do they? It's it's about the memories mm. you've got and the, the experience you've you've had. So that was one of the catalysts amongst a few for making that change. Um and it was it was a big journey. So you know we made some changes, me and my wife, uh, in terms of the business that she ran it, it really, especially over lockdown it it basically doubled in terms of how busy it was month on month for six months. Um, wow. And it, it went crazy. You know, we were doing it all out of our house and it's physical products. So um, we ended up, we've now got 5,000 square foot warehouse, which at the beginning of lockdown, we were doing all that in our spare bedroom at home. And so that, that then became, it's a point at which we realized that we needed to do things differently um, because we were exhausted. We had a, our daughter, our youngest daughter was about one at that point, sort of going into lockdown. Um, I was working Monday to Friday, the nine to five job. Obviously with lockdown, I was then working from home. And then that was a big catalyst as well for making those changes because I realised that you know, being at home and my daughter at that age, all of the important milestones that she would be hitting at that point with um, first steps, first words, all of those things. I was at home for it. And with my first daughter, I was working most of the time. So I missed a lot of those things. And I learned about them with messages that my wife would send me when I'm at work or little videos of first steps. And mm. it made me realise that, yeah, this is this is more important than, than necessarily building this magnificent career. So um, we, at that point, that's when my wife... Um, learned about a guy and um who was recommended by a friend who was a sleep coach and the reaction I had to that was very much like people who I speak to now where they're like I've been sleeping for 30 40 years what what the hell can you tell me about that I I know how to sleep I've been doing it since I was one day old um but there's lots of things we do that you know we whether it's playing sport or going to the gym or any sort of mental exercise you know the more you do it, the better you get at it. And there's always, you can always get better. So we worked with them and that was really the massive turning point for our mentally and, and physically um, because we, it sounds really cheesy to say, but we kind of unlocked the potential that we had by sleeping better. And we went from probably myself, especially operating on an average of three to five hours sleep a night um, over maybe the past 10 or 15 years to, actually prioritizing it and making that more important and so I'd, I'd have less time awake in the day you know when I was sleeping three to five hours I'd have about 20 hours of available time to me that every day but I was useless because I couldn't function properly I was exhausted I couldn't think clearly physically I couldn't do the things that that I should be able to um but people just make this mistake of thinking that time is is um is the most important thing and it's not actually it's how you use that time and how you can apply yourself to it uh, and so sorry to go back to your actual question about daily routines <laughs> and that so yeah. um i have two routines basically so there's a, a morning routine and a evening routine and the morning um is all about stimulating the senses and getting that head start on the day but a big part of it as well is being there every morning to support with the kids, getting them ready for school, getting them out of the house and and being able to at least have some time in the mornings. It's always a rush because they're pretty lazy kids, to be honest, and they don't want to help the process. But, um, you know, it's it's all about, from a personal point of view, it's it's about stimulation and sunlight and water and, and air and all these things that you need to kickstart your system, kickstart your brain. Um, and then it's also about just connection as well with the family. It's it's that first opportunity of the day. You're probably then going to go off in your separate directions and not see each other hours. So that little bit of connection in the morning is really important as well to relationships. And then you get through to the end of the day and then it's it's all about, I mean, we've all got different routines, haven't we, in our households and our life where, you know, dinner will be at roughly the same time every day. Um, we've just obviously applied a lot more organization to that in the last couple of years especially where you know dinners at a certain time but then we're we're thinking about um, the opposite of the morning so rather than stimulation it's all about relaxation and 
disconnecting from the world. Um, you know, these these awful things is, is getting rid of them and moving them away because that's the worst thing you can do is to be staring at that at night time. It's, it's terrible. Um, and then, yeah, again, it's another opportunity for connection with the family. And, yeah, my, my daughter's 10 now. So, you know, if I ask her what she's done at school, she'll just say nothing. I can't remember. You know, <laughs> there's not much excitement in that. But, um, but you know, it's just trying to make that effort every day to have that connection with, with the family and with the kids is, is a big part of it for me. It's really important. Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, don't worry about. I know you mentioned it earlier. Cheesy. We like. We love cheesy. We invite cheesy onto the podcast. So no worries there. And I think you touched on some of the some of the things um, that uh, you encountered whenever you started this lifestyle transition. But uh, if you can remember, what was the biggest challenge in the beginning of your lifestyle transition? I mean, other than the the you know having twenty hours of free time you know, and only four hours of sleep and realizing that imbalance wasn't going to carry you very far. I think the biggest challenge was, um, was the time, you know, so the guy who, you know, the, the guy who we first started working with and helping us, um, I then later, that's who I learned from and, and I've worked with him to, to learn and to train with him. So, you know, I understand now where he's coming from, but at the time I, he was approached everything from the point of view of life being optimal. And, you know, he probably wouldn't mind me saying that. Yeah. He um, was a British guy, but single living in Dubai, living this wonderful lifestyle in the beautiful surroundings. It's very easy to be optimal. If you're in that situation, if you're working until two, three o'clock in the morning, just trying to get the orders out the door, then deal with a one-year-old who's going to wake up through the night and then get up at 6am in the morning to then go to work and do the day job. It's really not as easy to be optimal and to live this um, perfect lifestyle when life isn't perfect, life's tough. So for me, the biggest thing was fitting things into the day. Um, and that's why I mentioned before that that's why I used to sort of deprioritize sleep because I thought I haven't got enough hours in the day I've got all of these things I need to do um and sometimes parenting and being a good dad wouldn't be at the top of that list because I needed I needed to go to work I needed to earn the money for that so that I could support for the family and provide and my, my mindset was that well you know what the kids are still going to be there tomorrow even if I don't have time to play with them today or to be the best that I can be. They'll still be there tomorrow, so I can make that up. Um, and you always end up creating a debt of parenting, I suppose, is, is how I would think about it. So for me, right. the big challenge was time, and it was to let go of the fact that I need to sleep for seven to eight hours a night. I need to do that. And I, I um, did a DNA test, so you get a full report back on, on your DNA. So you get genetically, I can see what I'm actually predisposed to. What is my optimum length of street sleep is seven to eight hours. So by doing that. And the DNA test can show this? Oh yeah. So we we wow. did that a few years ago. Um it's really interesting because it shows you um so many traits um you know from sort of long-term health things that you're more likely to be mm -hmm. at risk of. Um Right through to things like, um, and it was good because me and my wife were able to compare to each other because uh, we both did the tests at the same time. So you can see what your caffeine sensitivity is. So that's why one person will have a cup of coffee and it won't really do anything. And then another person, another person next to them will have the same cup of coffee and they'll be bouncing off the floor and hitting the ceiling because the caffeine hits them so much harder. So there's loads of different sensitivities to things like caffeine and salt and sugar and, and all these things. But part of it was that, it, you know, it sort of said that what your chronotype is, so that's something in sleep, which is where your most people, about 70% of people are a um, one chronotype or the other. And that's where you're either predisposed to wake up early and go to bed early or the opposite where people tend to go to bed later and wake up later. Um, mm. That's in your genetics. That's unique to everyone. And whilst you can sort of train your body to, change it you know if you naturally want to go to bed at two in the morning and wake up at 10 a.m 
but your job starts at 6am, you, you can't do that. So you have to train your body out of it. But everyone will have their own natural pattern. Um, but yeah, by doing that, it made me realise that the biggest challenge I had was letting go of time and trusting that sleeping for those eight hours is actually going to mean I can get more done. So I've only now got 16 hours of the day left to be awake and to do things. Mm-hmm. But the biggest challenge for me was trusting that actually by doing that, I'm going to get more done in those 16 hours and it will be of better quality, both whether it be work or personal life. Um, that was the hardest. More charge, you know, more, more charge in the battery and more focus to propel you towards those tasks and completing all that stuff throughout the day. And yeah. so, you know, you, you might not have to take a break for several hours. And like I said, you're able to complete your tasks, you know, with a, a lot more vigor. And so that's <laughs> great. Well, that's great. Uh, thank, thank you for answering that question. Corey, did you have any, uh, do you have any other questions or anything like that for right now? Um, it's covered quite a bit. I have so many that I almost need to come back again. <laughs> you've, you've given so much already, like you touched on something I didn't know about, which was your entrepreneurial side. And clearly you've made that a success. You would have so much to share about that. Uh, we are approaching ish. We still got a little bit of time, five, six minutes, but we're approaching our halfway mark that we at least discussed ahead of time. And I don't want to keep Sam here any longer than we have to. So I'm going to kind of take things in, in a loopy sideways direction and uh, ask what was basically the first thing that occurred to me when I found out that you were uh, a, a sleep expert. And that is... Do you have an opinion? Do you have experience? Uh, what can you tell me about uh, your uh, ideas in regards to lucid dreaming? Because uh, as you said, we, uh, we sleep well, and you now more than, more than before, we sleep a lot of our lives away. And that's uh, something that has always interested me, but something that I've never had uh, any sort of um, ability with, for lack of a better way of putting it. But as someone that is, you know, really focused on this much more significantly than I've ever been, is this something that you've ever, uh, you know, practiced or, or encountered? What with dreaming? Uh, dreaming. With lucid dreaming, where uh, like uh, like taking control and, and deciding that I'm going to go fly around or, or you know that sort of thing. Um, it's not something I've really specialized in much. Um, it's interesting when I work with people, dreams and dreaming is is one of the most sort of relevant questions one of the quickest questions people come asking is about you know the meaning of dreams and that and I tend not to stray too much into that because there's, there's people far better qualified than me for interpreting what dreams mean and things like that um lucid dreaming like I said, I've worked with people that are really into the concept but if I'm honest it's not something I've had much I haven't touched much into it it's something that's kind of on that never-ending to-do list of things to and learn more about um but if i'm honest now at the minute no it's not been a massive part of what i do it sounds like my uh my book reading list i'll get to it eventually maybe I've got so many lists so many lists some of them mental oh. some of them written down but <laughs> right on um okay m- moving on then uh, we have another co-host but he has some really good questions that he will ask dads and i uh tend to steal them from him when he's not here so i have two of those and then we're going to kick it to your uh, your whole uh, reason for being here for the most part, which is your your uh, program, your podcast, and your uh, productivity coaching. So uh, his first, uh, well, they're in no particular order, but my first uh, question from him is, what would you give? You are uh, both a reasonably a reasonably experienced dad, and and yet a, a new dad again. So you've uh, you've heard the gamut of advice from people from uh, maybe from your own dad. What would you say to our listeners was the best advice you got for it uh, when you were a new dad? And it may be the same thing, but uh, it also may be a two parter. What would you uh, give as your idea of the best advice to new dads? It's a great question. Um, I remember when when our first daughter was born, um, you get lots of advice and you don't always want to hear a lot of it um you know especially in those first few weeks where you are almost a zombie you know you're not you're not able to sleep yourself you're really struggling um and I suppose the the best advice came from I don't know if it's the same in the US but you know after after 
the baby's born and you get sent home, you'll get a health visitor will come out and visit um, pretty much once a week for the first few weeks just to check how baby and, and mother are doing. Um, and I remember chatting to her um, probably about a week or so after she'd been born and all of the focus, everything that she um, did and everything that she'd been taught to do as part of her job was to check a number one, check on the baby and number two, check on the mother about how they're doing physically and emotionally and all that. Um, and we were chatting and she said absolutely nothing about this. I you to check on the father and how they're doing. She says, but I always make the effort to do that because um, she says, your focus as a parent, a new parent especially, is 100% almost on the baby and making sure things are there. And especially if it's your first one and you've not had any experience before, probably doubting everything you do, every decision you make whether it's the correct one. And so she, the, the advice she gave was just to find, even if it was only for a small amount of time per day or maybe a couple of minutes an hour, was just to stop what you're doing and just go to a room by yourself and just sit there and think about yourself and how are you feeling? How are you doing? Because if you're not looking after yourself, you can't look after others. There's a reason, you know, on a when you get the safety protocol on an airplane, they say, you know, if the oxygen masks are deployed, put yours on first before looking after other people. Because if you're not looking after yourself, you can't serve others. You can't help others. Um, and it sounds counterintuitive when you're asking me about what, what was the best advice I got um, as a new parent back then. But it was to actually look after yourself. And, you know, that comes through now into what I do now as well. You know, it's, it's all about looking after yourself so that you can help others um and that that i think was the best one and from a more practical point of view there was there was a few physical things or products that people recommended to us um as parents that now are still if you know if a friend or a colleague or someone is is about to have a baby especially their first one you know i would be recommending these things because they make such a big difference to a the physical the the, the practical side of looking after it a child for the first time but also by making certain things easier it just makes it so much easier for yourself and then mentally and emotionally you're in a much better place so you know our first daughter she suffered reflux really badly and struggled to sleep for more than a couple of hours at a time without you know bringing back up formula and it was it was a really hard cycle and somebody suggested to get a hammock so rather than a crib and, and a, that was to get a hammock and put them in that. And I remember the first time we put her in it, she's swinging around and we're like, my God, is this safe? Um, and then we put her in it for the first night and we put her down and we tiptoed out of the room. And at that point, we hadn't, she hadn't slept for more than about two or three hours in, in, in one go in her entire life. And she was, she was weeks and weeks old at this point. And then she just slept for eight hours. Wow, that is awesome. Incredible. It was incredible. Um, and, really, you know, really interesting. We always talk about the law of in, I always talk about the law of individuality when I'm working with people because you know what would work for you, Corey, would be totally different for Sam. Maybe you know everyone is different, and what you um, what will work for one person won't work for another. So we kept, we we ended up selling the the hammock once she'd grown out of it, and we got our money back on it. Um, but then obviously, as soon as our second daughter was on the way. We bought one, the exact same one. We found one on eBay. We were like, right, let's get exactly the right one. It was perfect. And it was just useless. She wouldn't, <laughs> she wouldn't stay there. She'd cry and cry and cry until we took her out. So then we were all thing at all. back yeah. to square one. We're like, oh, that was our big idea. That was our one guarantee to success. And it just failed on immediately. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's the thing with advice, isn't it? You know, every, everyone's got advice, but it doesn't mean it's going to work. And I think sometimes people people get offended <laughs> if you don't take their advice on board, but it doesn't oh, necessarily yeah. mean it. it's it's that you don't appreciate it, but it just doesn't always work, does it? Mm -mm. Yeah, that's um that's a big deal. Like I'm sure that there are many people uh, with mother-in-laws complaining about how they, you know, like their advice just doesn't work. They keep telling me, but their advice just doesn't work. Yeah. Um. So that kind of, leads me into my final question before we get into you specifically and, and what you have going on. And uh, you've already said that you've had uh, one big uh, one of these, 
but what would you consider your last, your most recent win as a dad, something that you did with either one of your children that you came away feeling uh, you know, pride over? Like, I really handled that perfectly, you know, that sort of thing. I think for the both at such different stages, I'll, I'll probably try and answer that twice because obviously my eldest is now 10. Um, and she's going through a really interesting point of her life at the moment where she's she's still some of the time she's still a little kid and she still wants to play with dolls and 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 have cuddles and that and but she's also at that point now where she's starting to think I'm going to be a teenager soon and I'm going to be growing up so she's in sort of in this transition point where she's she's struggling to I think with her identity because she's got some older friends and she's and she's obviously got her friends her own age so I think for me it's the biggest win is where is understanding what, what she needs me to be at different times, um, both emotionally and depending on the friends she might have around her. Um, and I think yesterday was a good example of that, actually, because um, it's been a birthday last week, so we she wanted to do an escape room. So we went and did an escape room yesterday with a lot of her friends at uh, her age, same nine and ten. You know, and they, they needed me to be playful, dad, and that. And, and getting involved in that. And then later in the afternoon, she met up with a couple of friends next door, the house next door that are older. And she didn't want that. She needs to, she needs to me to be a bit more standoffish and to give her some space. So um, uh, yesterday was a good day. And I think that I feel content with the fact that, you know, sometimes I have to be two dads for each daughter, um, especially for that sort of age now where she's transitioning. And I'm sure once, She's a teenager. It'll be completely different again, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but with my youngest, it, it's so easy with her at that age of three. Now it's it's so easy to have a wing because she's really simple in terms of what she needs. Now she doesn't need me to be too complex with my emotions or how I'm dealing with her. She just needs fun and support and and that. And so you know, especially I suppose our Wednesdays, um, our Wednesdays at the moment, are really good. And she's really enjoying them. And she doesn't realise, you know, from one day to the next, life's just one big play day, isn't it? There's no real structure to a three-year-old. Um, so, yeah, I, I think for me, the biggest thing with her is, is just every time I can just give her that little bit of time where she just wants to play and she wants to draw on my face with makeup or play with gold or whatever. You know, it's fine. That's what she wants. I'll, I'll take that. And just to chuck in there, guys, if... I know there's just a lot to talk about and I'm happy to come back and continue the conversation again if you don't want to divert off into other stuff straight away. It's, it's fine. I'm happy to come back and chat again if, um, if that helps. I do. I do definitely appreciate that. You've, uh, like I said, yeah. you've given just a hint of so much other things that you really could give a lot of input and content about. And, and first and foremost, I always love hearing the guests say that they're willing to come back because that means that, you know, they didn't hate me and, and everything that we talked about. So that's <laughs> that's really important. Um, but and, and I totally, uh, like I said, um, would love to, to do that. Um, I also do want to give you um, time to to really talk about, you know, who you are other than a dad and what you have going on. And if, if Sam has to step out, you know, right toward the end, that's totally fine. Um, we can we can talk until you get you know whatever uh, you want to promote that we haven't already discussed yet you know out there to to our small uh, listener base so um with that being said you know go ahead and tell us about you know the sleep.pro and 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 what you've uh, got going on in addition in addition to that so uh, yeah so it started out as as one thing which was just focus on sleep and helping people with those first steps that i took and I suppose it's all a mirror of my life and my experience. So I talked before about how busy we were and how little sleep we were getting and the struggles that we had as a result of that. And so once I saw this, I mean, it sounds really, really um, idealistic and a little bit over the top, but it was genuinely life-changing to make that, to let go of that, challenge and that I had myself that I can't give up time because I need all of that time to try and get stuff done 
but it was taking me 20 hours a day to do stuff because I didn't have clear thought I wasn't um in a physically ideal position um it was taking me 20 hours because I couldn't do things efficiently I couldn't do things well so once I'd made that realization that you know sleep better and prioritize that I'm going to be able to get more done in less time that became life-changing like genuinely it was a, a, a light bulb moment where it's like there is a better way there was a better way to deal with things so by doing that um it led me on to realizing that I want more people to be able to realize that same change in development you know and you know every time I was chatting to friends and you know or people at work and they were yawning at 10 o'clock in the morning and having their fifth cup of coffee I was like you know you, you don't need that coffee actually you don't need to be drinking that much coffee now what time did you go to bed last night and people would look at me like I was strange because they're like what on earth are you doing but um that's where it all led from was, was realizing that there's so much underutilized ability that people have got and a big part of that is just using your time correctly doing things at the right time prioritizing your sleep it it has this massive impact and when you look at often it comes up as an example when talking to people this when you look at a lot of the really successful people in this world if financial um clout is is something that you you class as success um and as a lot of people do you know so people look at jeff bezos and say that's the epitome of success because he's got lots of money not necessarily my opinion but that's that is one that people look at you know and a lot of you have two um two types of people in that sense when you think of high performance you have those which are part of the 5am club i get up at 5am every day um sit in a cold shower um for an hour do all of these things um and then i will hustle for 20 hours a day and then I'll go back to bed at midnight and I'll get my four hours sleep and I'll repeat and it's all this hustle mentality and then you've got people on the absolute opposite of that that realize that you know I need to prioritize my personal well-being in order to allow that success and if you think of it as um, if you're going to hustle for a period of time you're going to burn out at some point you're going to burn out and that can be to different severity. That can then have its own knock-on problems. Of, you know, are you actually able to get back up and running again, or are you going to end up as a bit of a shell of yourself? And that was certainly where I was heading. Um, whereas those which are looking after themselves and realising that, you know, I can get more done in my time if I'm looking after myself properly and my brain and my body, you're actually going to have the same level of success. It might not be as quick. It might take slightly longer, but you're still going to reach that level of success. And you're going to be in a position where you can actually then start to um, capitalise on it. And then you'll start to accelerate your growth a lot quicker because you're able to um, think clearer and think more creatively and better. And so that's where it started out. Is it was all about helping people with their sleep, first and foremost, um, make them healthier, um, make them happier make them wealthier because every aspect of your life every aspect of your thinking and your physical and everything you do with your body it all stems from sleep if you don't look after the sleep and you're going to start struggling in at least one of those areas and when you look at them in more detail there's probably then 10 different things within each heading where you're struggling um and so that's what I something I still do is um, work with people pri primarily just on their sleep. So that's that's people that are struggling because they don't sleep enough or they wake up every night. Um, they're always tired. They're lacking in energy. That, that's the reason that people come to me and, and, and ask to for some help. Um, but then I realised that there's there's then there's kind of two types of people. That, that need my help there's those which i've got a specific problem i'm not sleeping enough i've got enough energy they've got a problem they go and look for a solution but then you've got the other people at the other end of the spectrum that don't have a massive problem but i've got all of this potential um extra uh, thinking power extra uh, more that they can do with their time 
or with their capability that are not realizing it and so it it sort of boils down to those people that are almost at the end of the the story and if they don't find a solution soon to improve things they're just going to burn out or you've got those people that are actually doing pretty well in life or in their version of that that things are going pretty well but actually there's, there's a little bit more that they could do whether that be professionally or personally there's more you can unlock and i suppose that's the people looking for those small increments those small one percent gains every day to make things a little bit better more optimal versus the people that are absolutely at, at a point of, of need to make a decision and make some changes quickly or they're going to be um facing a lot of problems so they're the sort of two absolute opposites of people i work with is the people that are really really struggling or the people that are actually in some ways smashing it but need to find these little extra bolt-ons now to help them improve little little make smaller increments on on top of you know their success and things like that if that makes sense yeah at the end there especially when you yeah. kind of related it almost to a, a, a car engine you know adding on just uh, improvements to the overall yeah. performance that really yeah. uh, that made it click with me um and and overall that was really uh like from uh from my point of view uh, like that was all truth and you the fact that you have those two um opposite uh, minded uh, clients or, or or client base that, that makes it feel like um I don't, I don't know which one would be harder but i feel like that definitely complicates things for you because i mean the one is definitely going to be more like dude i'm already doing great like I don't need this. Um, but the, and the other way it, it runs the risk of like, Oh God, like nothing's going to help me. Like it's um, too far gone and sleep's not the answer and I need, you know, drugs or whatever. So you it, it actually, it actually helps working with those two polar opposites. I actually find it helps because those that are really struggling and I'm not, uh, I'm not functioning well and need a lot of intervention and support. Obviously, a lot of the people that are successful I may have already been there and certainly don't want to end up at that point. So, you know, I can draw on the lessons that I learned from, from speaking to people that are really struggling and are not prioritising sleep and looking after themselves to make sure that those that are in a good position stay in a good position and vice versa. The people that are struggling want to get to that point of view where, you know, they're on top of things, they're starting to thrive, different aspects of their life are moving in the right direction and, you know, what they might define as their version of success. I can sort of help both sides either avoid the negative side and strive to get to that positive side um, because everyone's got the potential to, to do that. And look, it sounds, again, it sounds really idealistic to suggest that anyone can achieve anything. Um, life is difficult. Life is really hard, you know, and there's so many factors um, based on, you know, where you live, what job you do, what your education was. There's so many things that can have a bearing on how easy or difficult your life is. Um, you can only control your, your remit, the bit that you've got control of. You have to take control of that and start trying to make things as good as you can and looking for support because you know, it's very easy. You know, the, the victim mentality, if things are tough and difficult, it's not a nice place to be, but it's easier to just accept that and accept that that's the way it is. I can't make things any, I can't make change. I can't make improvements, but the only thing you can control is, is what you can control. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. You, you have to take control of what you can. And the one thing, one of the few consistent things that every human being on this planet has is that they go to bed. Normally when it goes dark and when it goes light, they wake up. That's the one thing we all do. And some people are good at it. Some people are not. But if you mm -hmm. look at people that are good at that, they're probably thriving and making inroads into the different aspects of their life. And you can say almost certainly those that don't prioritise it and don't make the most of it are probably struggling in some aspects. Um, and there's an interview I heard with Matt Fraser, the CrossFit guy. So he's like five times CrossFit champion. He, he yes, said no, I think yeah. that if he, in an interview he did that they were asking him about you know, what, 
what with the things that you prioritize when you're training to, to get to this level where you were dominating it year after year. And he said that, you know, sleep. For me, I decided to prioritize my sleep. Um, and the, the strength of that is that if it if it wasn't a completely natural, uh, naturally occurring thing, it would be outlawed as a banned substance. <laughs> it was such a powerful tool to use and to start prioritizing it that he said it, it, it genuinely made such a big change to him that if, if it wasn't natural, it would be banned as an illegal substance. You know, and someone that, that in their particular chosen field and for him it was CrossFit and he wanted to dominate that and, and make it his career and to be the best at it. For him to be saying that's the number one thing for me. It wasn't going to the gym so many times a week. It wasn't this. When he got to that point where he knew what he was doing and the movements and different exercises, the that next sort of add-on, that next percentage gain was to start looking after his sleep. Um, so I just think that's a really interesting little um, snapshot of it, really, in terms of what potential it can have on people. Yeah, that's that's totally true. I kind of dabble in stoicism, and one of the main beliefs is that you you know control what you can control and and focus on that first and foremost. And sleep. I did notice that, some of that too in there. Yeah, yeah like was, uh... sleep definitely falls into that. And uh, you know, it, like Sam said as well as some of the other things you mentioned, it it was almost like you were uh, giving us a class on stoicism there for a second. It was kind of cool to hear quoting some Seneca or some uh, yeah, Epictetus and all that. Yeah, yeah, that was good stuff. <laughs> uh, so we typically we have more time, and yeah, as I, as we mentioned, Sam is a little bit restricted today based on dad life, and that is understandable. And we will, uh, you know, we will uh, adjust to that as we uh, as we need. So. I have uh, basically come to the end of anything that I'm going to take up time with. But uh, Sam, did you have any other questions that uh, you had put off before uh, before we got into uh, all the all the previous discussion? Sure, sure. Just uh, just one simple question uh, for our guest here. Uh, what's your favorite activity to enjoy with your children? That's quite that's actually quite a difficult question. Um, so, so simple, but so so difficult. I, I think I think a simple question. I, honestly, I think the most simple answer is um, is probably it. So we've got dogs. We've got six dogs. Um, so you know they need a lot of exercise. So we'll um, not as often as I'd like. You know, we'll chuck the dogs into the car and we'll head out somewhere nice with the kids and just walk the dogs. And it's just beautiful to see them running around to see the kids running around with them interacting with them it that's almost my definition of happiness is to see that there's a nice little story actually so we had one dog the jack russell terriers so we had one dog she was a little rescue and we decided that we'd like her to have a litter of puppies so my daughter was two um at that point and she got pregnant and she was gonna have this litter of puppies and my daughter went to bed um when she was two day two years and 364 days old she went to bed that night made dinner me and my wife sat down to eat dinner and then the dog went into labor and started having the puppies so we stayed up all night with these puppies um she had five of them and then my daughter got up in the morning it was her third birthday she was dead excited and five puppies had been born overnight wow. That's so awesome. now when it's their birthday, it's also five of the dogs, it's their birthday as well. So it's a no, really nice um, little thing that they've got. And it's it's lovely, really, that, you know, it's linked to her birthday. Um, and there's always that's that memory. Great memory. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. Yeah, a great I, memory. I was going to say, I don't, I don't actually know how early we start making memories, but I bet she does remember that one. Yeah, she does. Uh, there's one, one of the dogs as well, you know, they've got just a lovely relationship. It's really nice to see. I love dogs. I don't, I, as a human race, I don't think we've done enough to deserve dogs in our lives. We, we yeah, don't, um, we're not good enough. Um, so good, good conversation, good content, good uh, offering from you just about across the board. I do appreciate everything you've, you've uh, shared with us today. And once again, you know, thank you for, for squeezing out the time. It's always fun for us to uh, talk to people from, uh, around the world we you know we get a mix 
so it's uh, cool to to talk to new and interesting people from from different places. And I want to I want to thank Sam for for making the time. And uh, as I said before, I would uh, uh, Andy, uh, I'd love to have you back on uh, if you can if you can fit us in again. You know that dad life it's uh, it's hard sometimes. But, no, uh, I, honestly, I'd love to because it's nice to talk about um, being a dad and, and in a positive way. There's there's a lot I know in the UK. There's a lot of there's a lot of negativity sometimes about it because you know people when couples split up and things. There's so much negativity that can come with with parenting. And it's nice to just talk from a position of positivity. So I'd love to right. talk about that and. In terms of the sleep and stuff, I do. There's there's just so much that I enjoy talking about, and I genuinely enjoy talking about it because I know the value it can have for people. So yeah, I'd be delighted to come back on that. There's a million things I'd, I'd still love to talk about with you guys. Awesome. Yeah, one of our uh, one of our main reasons for starting the podcast was that while it seems that mothers can find they can just trip over uh, help and information about uh, dealing with with motherhood, but for fathers, you really have to kind of look for it. And yeah. we just wanted to be another resource for, you know, dads to laugh and, and learn and, and connect with other people. And, it, you know, it's starting off slow, but uh, I'll, I enjoy it. Sam seems to enjoy it unless he's lies to me every time he comes on. And um, <laughs> and it seems like most of the guests enjoy it. They, they seem to. So it's going really well. And, and I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that somebody out there is getting something from it. Yeah, uh, I know they're not all listening just because they like my voice. So surely they're learning something out of it and enjoy having you uh oh, you enjoy are you talking to me or him no i'm talking to, to our guest andy oh, oh okay i, I was enjoyed, like i enjoyed having him i'd, look, I'd yeah, love to for sure have another episode with him yeah absolutely yeah to visit with him again sometime i'm always super anxious and nervous going into these and then it's always awesome when you know i connect with somebody like you that was actually very friendly and and very open and, and you know giving with their information so that was really cool and oh, thank um, you and you know, I've not really given any any tips or anything for improving your sleep. So there's there's so much to to talk about stuff. So. Yeah, and that is definitely true, and that is something that we would for sure talk about next time. Um, but if nothing else, you know, it's kind of uh, like wetting the uh, uh, the interest of of the you know the listeners. They they've got the the general idea, and, and now that uh, they can you know know where they can contact you, they're able to to dive in that if they want to. Or hopefully come back here again next time and we'll talk about it again. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, so, anyways, with that being said, I just uh, you know want to send out my thanks again to you, uh, you and Sam both. Thank you guys for uh, for helping me make this show today. And um, other than that, I guess I will check you both later. Thank you guys. All right, check you later. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. You smell that, Bill? It smells like someone died. And that's been your two dads. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>